Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today's episode is brought to you by West Holm. We all know from home cooks to restaurant chefs to eating enthusiasts that the quality of your ingredients makes all the difference, especially when it comes to meat. West Holm, which is based in Queensland in the Northern Territory, Australia, is working with the land to create nature-led Australian Wagyu. They steward 16 million acres of rangeland, guided by the natural ecosystem where their cattle thrive. The result is high-quality Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of Northern Australia and a flavor suited to complement any cuisine. West Holm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash saver. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. Hello and welcome to Saber Production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And uh, today we have an entire episode of Listener Mail for you. Yes, we do, because I'm assuming since um, some of you have more time at home, uh, we have been getting a lot of amazing messages, and they were just building up so much, we thought we would do an episode on on just listener mail, what you all are up to, what you're thinking, and yeah. uh, we already had to split it in two, so uh, future <laughs> yes. listener mail episode in the works as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, and that that is a delightful problem for us to oh, have. We absolutely. are so glad to have it. Never, never stop. Um, all of your stories are so amazing, and and it's especially really nice right now to um, to get to be connecting with all of you. As um, you know, a uh, we're we're stuck at home with COVID, and and b everything going on politically in the world and specifically the United States right now. Um, it's very stressful. And uh, so it's it's very, very, very good 
to hear from you. Yes, yes. Um, so thank you. Yes. And please keep that coming. Yes. Uh, also, you know, Black Lives Matter. And so um, thank you to all of you who are out there doing whatever it is that you can to support the movement, whether it's uh, being out there physically protesting or um, or providing emotional support online or, uh, or sending your hard-earned dollars to uh, wherever it is that they can help. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, and we've talked about issues of racism before on the show because food is connected to that. Um, yeah. And you can find specifically like our episode we did with Pepper um, about uh, food policy and law. And then our discussion we had with Steven Satterfeld was really, really great. Yes, we are. Uh, we're we're so um, glad to have had their their voices on our show and to um, be able to have this platform where we can speak to these issues and uh, and and with people of that caliber who are who are doing important work. Yes, yes, we are, and we are looking forward to continuing to do that in the future. But for now, let us get into some listener mail. Oh yeah. Should we do like a listener mail? What is it? <laughs> no, I guess we- <laughs> it's it it, it it as many things that we talk about on the show. It can be a lot of things. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, we we do. Uh, uh, Annie is a lot better at this job than I am. Um, but uh, but yeah, we we do read all of your emails and all of your. Instagram messages and uh, and tweets and Facebook messages and uh, and so uh, we get we get a lot of uh, photos and and just kind of like on the ground reports and uh, uh, what, what what you're doing and thinking when you're when you're listening to episodes so yeah yes it varies widely it does vary widely and the nutrition content is always <laughs> great um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So thank you for that answer, Lauren. I put you on the spot there, but you did an excellent job. Oh, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. And we tried to group the messages in uh, categories. And our first category is Easter. Oh, y'all with these egg messages. It is so good. <laughs> it is so good. So first up, we have Nathan. Nathan wrote, Hi, ladies. Hope you're doing well. You asked for what people do for Easter, and I am delivering. So to this day, my parents still make me hunt for Easter eggs. I very much enjoy this because I also hate candy. It's too sweet for me. So my parents have for the past 10 years been putting money into Easter eggs. Mm. Now I love looking for them. but In recent years, it has gotten to an extreme. I have found eggs in some of the most ridiculous places, including inside an oven mitt, inside a drawer, at the bottom <laughs> of one of my dresser drawers, wrapped in a sock, outside in a gutter at the front of our house, and buried within a cake that I had to eat my way through to get, as well as many others. As much as I love the $100 at the end of the day, it's just gotten out of hand. All joking aside, I love my parents and hunting for Easter eggs. That, yes. Wow. That is pretty extreme. As someone who I also still get to do the Easter hunts outside of quarantine, um, I don't think I've ever had like one inside. Of, no, I definitely have not had one inside a cake. It's not yeah, that level. I'm gonna say cake is next level. That's that's pretty great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's like Matilda, but in the best way <laughs> when he has to eat that chocolate cake. <laughs> I think the weirdest place I ever found an egg was like. 
It was in a bird feeder, like hanging from a tree. Wow. So you couldn't see it. It was kind of in the yeah. divot. Huh. Uh, but I found it. You, oh, yeah, I you did. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Emily wrote, I just listened to the Easter egg episode and you were talking about egg-breaking games. Being Greek Orthodox, I can speak to this tradition. We dye eggs red and at our normally huge Easter parties with lambs roasting on a spit and about 50 of your closest relatives all over, we have egg contests. Each person gets one egg and you go face to face against someone. One person hits their rounded egg side to another person's rounded egg side and the winner moves on to someone else until eventually you have one egg which beat every other egg or you have no eggs left at all. The winning egg remains in the winner's house until next Easter. It doesn't smell because it's perfectly sealed in the shell, no cracks. This year, we did a very small version of this, just our nuclear family, and I am pleased to say I won. I attached a photo of our eggs, and mine is the one in the middle. When I was little, we would have huge Greekster, Greekster parties, uh, yes, where we would invite not only family, but also many of our friends. This almost always worked out because uh, most years, Protestant Catholic Easter doesn't fall on the same day as Orthodox Easter. I have two fond memories of my grandma at these events. One was when she would chase all my friends around with the lamb eyeballs, grossing them out. The other is when she cheated in the egg game. She had found a wooden egg at a craft store and had dyed it red and kicked everyone's butt before revealing her prank. She was such a chaotic character, and I miss her every day. Needless to say, Easter and the egg-cracking game hold a fond place in my heart. <laughs> Your grandmother sounds amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh, that sounds like, yes, best grandma. No offense to every other grandma out there, but that's... <laughs> Pretty excellent. All uh, right. So now we're pivoting. Uh-huh. Radishes. Radishes, radishes. Uh, Miranda Random wrote on Twitter, radishes. I heard knights and my brain automatically went to Kylo Radish and the Knights of Radish with all the appropriate mental imagery therein. That is fantastic. <laughs> and yes. And if you haven't heard my theories on Kylo Ren being a bad Jedi, then, well, I have a lot of thoughts about it. And I think that I can work them into this Kylo Radish <laughs> scenario. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, for some reason, thought that you might have something like that going on already. So, I, yeah. I don't know why that would be, Lauren. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Oh, um, Asha wrote, I was listening to your podcast while gardening yesterday, and the radish episode started up. It just so happened that I was harvesting the last of my radishes. So perfect. They are such an easy thing to grow, and I hope Annie's efforts are successful. I always grow them at the beginning of the year just to see something grow, even though I don't even love radishes. Thankfully, my pet rabbit, Amelia Otter, loves them, and is always happy to help with the greens. Just an aside, she is definitely judgmental and rules our home with an iron paw, keeping our 50-pound dog in check. I poached the best-looking radishes with wine and chicken broth to put over a salad. By the way, I seriously recommend Roughage by Abra Burns. Uh, it goes through all the vegetables you could get at a farmer's market or CSA and gives choose-your-own-adventure instructions on what to do with them. So... Oh. A, book recommendations, always welcome. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah, that's Roughage by Abra Burns, um, B-E-R-N-S, if you're looking for that. Um, Also, Asha um, included (laughs) 
photographs of her radishes and of Amelia Otter. Um, yeah. And that is, and that's an excellent name. It's an excellent name. It's an excellent bun. That's that's just <laughs> uh, high quality, high quality bunny right there. <laughs> yes, yes, agreed. I concur. <laughs> My radishes. I guess an update on that. Uh, I, they haven't died. <laughs> I don't know that they've actually grown, okay. but the leaves are still there. <laughs> well, hey, that's that's great. <laughs> but I do have some oregano growing now yeah? and some mint. What? Mint. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Can't have mint, but I can grow it. <laughs> 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 oh, and now asparagus. I, I honestly am shocked and thrilled at how many emails we got about asparagus. It's awesome. It is. Um. Frequent writer Rose wrote to us, As I've mentioned before, I'm from Stuttgart, Germany, but now live in Seattle. Let me tell you, as Germans love spargel. Spargel, you say? Yes, spargel means specifically white asparagus in German. You have to say Gruner spargel to clarify if you're not talking about white asparagus. Much like kale, just after the first frost in the autumn, us Germans go crazy for spargle the second it is available in the spring. It is the first edible sign that winter is officially over and spring has come. And yes, the taste is truly special. Slightly sweet, tiny bit bitter. Oh, and the spears are so tender. Often it is served with hollandaise sauce, ham, or smoked fish, sometimes wrapped into crepes or turned into a soup. It is understandable, though, that you have never had the chance to try it. And even in a state like Washington that grows a lot of asparagus, spargel is hard to find and didn't even start appearing on produce shelves until a few years ago. Even then, spargel can spoil very quickly, and often the bottoms have dried out and turned pink. Bad sign. Small, very expensive cans of spargel can be found sometimes, but this product is just awful and not recommended at all. So imagine my delight when a German beer hall opened up in town. At first, I rolled my eyes, ah, just another joint selling an Oktoberfest version of my food culture. Much to my shock, it wasn't like that at all. Come spring, Spargel was on the menu. I couldn't believe it. I had never seen a German restaurant in my area put anything but the old standards on the menu. Soon after that, I became a fan, then friend, to the chef owner, Megan Combs, and her restaurant, Allstadt, became my home away from home. Flash forward to spring of 2020. On March 15th, COVID-19 was beginning to hit Seattle pretty hard. That Sunday, the city felt pretty depressed. My husband and I walked the four miles along the Seattle waterfront from our home to Allstadt. The city was deserted. The normally tourist throng shops were now ghost towns. Uncertainty hung like a heavy fog. When we arrived to Allstadt, we were only the second, third customers all day the first ones to order food. Of course, we had come for the spargle. It was perfect as always and just the right amount of bitter and sweet. As we ate, Governor Inslee announced that restaurants will be banned from serving in-house. That was my only spargle of the season and the last restaurant we ate in and maybe the last time I'll ever get to eat at my home away from home, Allstadt. It's fitting then my last meal there was spargle, a vegetable that epitomizes rebirth. Oh, yeah. Oof. Oof, indeed. Um... Hopefully, Spargle will, will rise again yes. one day for you. Yes. And thanks, special thanks to Rose, because she sent us Baroshkis. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, uh, this amazing, beautiful, huge batch of uh, of, of Baroshkis from uh, a place called Baroshki Baroshki. Mm-hmm. In uh, a original location being in Seattle. And, uh, oh, my goodness, so so good so many different kinds I think my 
my favorite thematically so far has been there. There's one that's a uh, it's it's a pierogi that's shaped like a pierogi, and it's filled with potato and cheese. And I was just like, oh, this is so cute. This is. I liked the the salmon pate one is shaped like a a fish. Yes, <laughs> that was very because I, I I lost my list of what which flavor each one was, um, but I was like I think I know what this one is. <laughs> <laughs> this one might be the salmon. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, it's yes. been amazing. What a treat! It has been. Thank you. Yes. But back to asparagus, Uh, Jolene wrote, I wanted to tell you something about asparagus. Do you ever do oil fondue? Do you know that you can take a nice long asparagus spear and set it in the fondue pot using the tougher, thicker end as the handle? Then take it out after a bit, let it cool on your plate, and nom 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 a minute later. No fondue fork needed. My family loves fondueing asparagus spears, and it has a place of pride on special fondue nights next to the cauliflower and mushrooms. I have not heard of that, doing that, but I definitely want to. This used to be a tradition. I think I've talked about it before in my house on New Year's. We did fondue. Mm-hmm. Um, so next time, my family is a big asparagus family. I think they'll be on board. Ooh, oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little bit terrified of oil fondue. Um, I, don't, <laughs> I don't trust myself with, with hot That's oil. That's fair. Um, but, uh, but the next time that I do it, that will totally be on the list. Yes. Sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Well, we do have some more listener mail for you. We do, but first we've got a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy piña colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. (laughs) I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks. But I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a saver team trip yeah. together. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, we're we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go. And I'm hungry. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Westholm. I'm a person who doesn't really cook with a lot of meat, to be honest, because when I do, I want it to be special. I'm the same, and I do love sharing that food with people. And I have to say, we received some product, some steak, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I am very eager to share it with my friends. Yeah, uh, West Holm sent us uh, a few of their products, and they included these gorgeous, gigantic tomahawk steaks that I, like, opened the box and immediately sent a picture to my best grilling friend, like, hang out soon. Yes, I did too. (laughs) 
Westholm offers these beautifully marbled stakes because they have 16 million acres of rangeland across the northeast corner of Australia from Brisbane to Darwin. They use a nature-led approach with the belief that if they balance the needs of their cattle with the needs of their environment, both can thrive. Their cattle graze on native grasses like Mitchell grass, which is found only in Australia, and roam wild, foraging at will for the first two to three years of their lives. The result is Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of northern Australia, and a quality that would complement whatever you're into cooking right now. Westholm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash savor. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ plus community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. And we're back with another topic that I didn't realize was going to inspire so much <laughs> listener mail. And I've loved every second of it. Sauerkraut. Yes. So many thoughts people have about sauerkraut. Passionate, passionate thoughts. I, yes. This, I, I did not realize that sauerkraut was such a divisive food stuff. I didn't either, but, you know, there's a part of me that thinks I should have. I should have. (laughs) (laughs) So starting with Kirsten, Kirsten wrote, I was born and raised in Cincinnati, Ohio. The city has a rich German heritage. At one time in history, part of the city called Over the Rhine was primarily German-speaking. And even today, there is a public elementary school in town that is a German-language school. So naturally, German food, including sauerkraut, is pretty standard around town. I honestly wasn't a huge fan of the stuff growing up, but after listening to this episode, I definitely plan to give it another try next time I go home. I thought you might also be interested to know that Cincinnati hosts the largest Oktoberfest in the United States. Oktoberfest 
Zinzinati. My caloric priorities at Oktoberfest have always been the giant pretzels with beer cheese and deep-fried sauerkraut balls, washed down with local German-style beer and a giant chocolate-covered cream puff for dessert. According to their website, last year during Oktoberfest, Cincinnati consumed 64,000 sauerkraut balls and 3,600 pounds of sauerkraut. We also have a beloved local specialty of German heritage that I absolutely have to mention, Goethe. G-O-E-T-T-A. Sorry if I mispronounced that. It is a pork-based spiced sausage made with chewy pin oats. It's best sliced and then pan-fried crisp. There are several historic local butcher shops with their own recipes and twists on it, and lately it's popping up in trendy brunch spots all over town. FYI, there's even a separate Goethe festival every year. I know this is getting extremely long, but I have one more thing I really want to share with you. I highly recommend a SaberPod research trip to Cincinnati. The German food and historic German butchers and beer gardens are really just the tip of the iceberg. I'm sure Lauren, coming from Ohio, has heard of Cincinnati's famed Skyline Chili. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not to mention all the delicious treasures to be found at the historic Findlay Market in the previously mentioned Over the Rhine neighborhood. The barbecue scene, ice cream glory, and astonishing number of local craft breweries. I, along with many Cincinnatians, just take so much pride in the city. Even though I had to move away from work, I'm constantly evangelizing what an awesome place it is and just want to share it with the world. P.S. I have always wanted to tell you that for whatever reason, when I listen to the show in my mind, I've always pictured you two as Sue and Mel, the original host of the Great British Bake Off show. <laughs> um, I know that is so random, especially since you guys don't even have British accents. <laughs> Maybe it's just due to your great comedic chemistry and banter. Aw, thanks. I hope it comes across as a compliment because it's absolutely meant to be one. Oh, that does. Yes, It completely. does, absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes. And yeah, you've got me... I mean, so many of the foods you mentioned, all of the foods you mentioned, I want to try. So you got me hooked on going to Cincinnati one day. Uh, I love, we've actually heard from plenty of people from Cincinnati. Uh, yeah. So we'll just have to add it to our ever growing right. list. Yeah, it's on the list. Yeah. Twist our arm. <laughs> oh, um, still about sauerkraut, uh, Cody wrote, Thank you for all of your random episodes about food items that sound like they should be boring but are utterly fascinating. I especially appreciate them in the time of COVID. I loved the episode about sauerkraut, and I thought you would appreciate an adventure to discover the true origin of the Reuben. I included the back-and-forth story article to uh, to uncover the truth from Savior. Saver, the magazine. <laughs> Our fancier cousin. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah the, that one with class. Yeah, that one over there. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the end even has the original recipe to try at home. As a transplant to Omaha, I was truly shocked when locals started telling me how big of a deal it was around here and that it was invented in a hotel now being restored right by my house. I, like most Americans, believed it came from New York and was deli-y. I was so wrong. I had never even eaten one because of my fear of sauerkraut. I was missing so much for half my life. Once I found my love of the sandwich and the big chunks of meat and press-slash-toasted aspect of the Omaha regional, correct, version, I had to find the best one in Omaha. I made a journal and tried as many regional ones as I could where the chefs claim the best. I even made a total 20-point scale with each component broken down to track the best. I will tell you, the best one so far would be a controversial pick, considering some of the locally decided best places by tradition. There is a lot of love going into Rubens in Omaha, and I had to share. 
<laughs> Man, this is something, this is a person after my own heart. I've done this kind of thing in Atlanta before, not oh, with Rubens, yeah. but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, your, yeah, your ranking system for barbecue places is really epic. <laughs> it's epic and like overly complicated, but I think barbecue is complicated. <laughs> it is. All right. I can't just say this is the best barbecue. You got to look at the best brisket. No. You got to look at the best. Bris- it's a whole thing. And what about the sides? Yes. What about the sides? This is very important. I take it very seriously. And clearly, <laughs> Cody does too. Which we, you're doing the good work and we appreciate it. Yes. Um, yes. Man, one day I shall try this sandwich. Oh, gosh. Oh, it's, oh, okay. I, I like, I just had this urge to like bring you one right now. <laughs> Not that I have a Reuben just sitting in my house or like, <laughs> I, yeah, or even the ingredients to make one. It wouldn't surprise me though if you showed up and you're like throwing rocks at my window. <laughs> hey, it's a Reuben. Oh, cool. <laughs> Lauren, the superhero I knew she was. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, if John Cusack had showed up with a Reuben instead of a boombox, it would have been a much better movie. Oh. Anyway. 100% agree. (laughs) Um, (laughs) All right, so we're going to move on now to the topic of breads. Yes. Uh, A wide category. Yes, very wide category. Everett wrote, like many people, I've had more time for making food lately. I made my first cake from scratch the other day. Before that, though, I had a pretzel mishap. (laughs) I was using a bread machine to mix the dough. The recipe for the bread machine dough called for dipping them in boiling water, but I thought I'd bake them instead. Sorry, it was my first time and boiling them is complicated. (laughs) I switched recipes halfway through because of that. I went down the ingredients list, adding them all. It called for half a cup of baking soda, which seemed excessive. But what do I know? I have never made pretzels before. I was careful to make sure I had the right one and not baking powder. When the process was done, I had an array of fresh homemade pretzels. They tasted like soap. There was far too much baking soda. I managed to eat one of them with difficulty and frequent drinks to wash out my mouth. As it turned out, some of the ingredients from the dough recipe were meant for later. The baking soda was for the boiling water. I was gutted, as they'd say on the Great British Baking Show. In the end, it had a happy ending. I learned to read the whole (laughs) recipe. And though I was crushed that night by my hard work coming to nothing, the following morning, I did it again. They tasted much less like soap and much more like accomplishment. Yes. <laughs> Yay. You didn't let it knock you down. You learned. Yeah. You persevered. Uh-huh. And you got pretzels out of it. Ah. Uh, that does all- taste like accomplishment. That's great. It does. It does. <laughs> We've all had our pretzel mishaps, and we must not let them stop us. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. let the pretzels grind you down. Yeah, don't, no. But. Don't do it. <laughs> um, uh, Rachel wrote in with a tip. You don't need baking rings to make English muffins or crumpets. Just cut both ends off of a tuna can. Totally. Great yeah. tip. Yeah. Clever. Cheap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Use, use, your, use what you got, especially in these times when going outside can be a little bit terrifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and speaking of uh, baking rings, thank you to Sam for sending us some muffin rings. Oh. Yes. <sighs> yes. Gosh. Muffin experiment will come in soon. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> yes. 
Alexa wrote, I am 13 years old and frequently stream your podcast to my hearing aid when I go on bike rides, walks, or just want to listen to something comforting. Your topics are always interesting and unique. Your humor is absolutely perfect. Aww. It makes me laugh out loud. I want to open my own cafe when I grow older, so I listen to the bakery-type food podcast over and over and hoping it will help my future plans and dreams. Keep on doing what you're doing, and you keep on doing what you're doing, Alexa. When you yes. open that bakery... Let us know. We will be there. Yes, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. I cannot wait for this in the future. Yes, um, something to look forward to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, um, Ivy wrote, uh, before we published our pancake episode, by the way, uh, I consider myself to be a lover of all things food. I teach U.S. history, and my students know that a surefire way to get me off topic is to pose a great philosophical debate in the food realm. Today's question was twofold. One, is bologna just a hot dog pancake? Ooh. And two, what is a pancake? Would any cake be a pancake? Is it the dish or the cooking mechanism that constitutes a pancake? Mmm. These are deep questions. These are. That bologna one really has me. That one, that one threw me. <laughs> <laughs> you pondered it extensively. Yeah, it's I feel like I feel like my mind is expanding, y'all. That's <laughs> Yeah. This is like the matrix part where you know mm -hmm. there is no spoon. Do not try to bend the spoon. You must realize there is no spoon. There is no spoon. Oh. That's what this question has done for us. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa indeed. Yes. Oh yes. Speaking of whoa. <laughs> Jeremiah wrote, on today's episode, you mentioned the muffin unconsidered should be the title of something. As of 10 minutes ago, it is the title of a really bad poem I wrote during my morning break. <laughs> so now I shall present to you the muffin unconsidered. Oh, you staple of my adolescence, your delicate crumb, your texture so sweet, so yielding and dense. What ripe treasures are you concealing within as you stand slowly, crown rising in glory from your baking tin? Are you banana, chocolate, or prawn? Warm from the oven? Comfort to every woman, small child, and man. What have I left in praise to sing of you? Breakfast treat or snack? Remain in our hearts sweet, savory, true. <laughs> Beautiful <laughs> snaps. Yes. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> he goes on. That's it. I acknowledge the bad structure, rhyme scheme, and content. But now the muffin <laughs> unconsidered exists as a thing in the world. Attached is a picture of English muffins I made last weekend. Top of the muffin to you both. <laughs> oh, I think it was an excellent poem. Yeah. Ah, mm. Sweet, savory, true. Remain in our hearts. Oh, gosh. Yes. Yes. Wise words. Belong on a pillow. Yeah. <laughs> You know, we have the technology. We can make this dream come true. It is true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> look for SaverPod, the store on TeePublic. <laughs> well, uh, we, we do have uh, yet more listener mail for y'all. But, um, but while we ponder those, th those two last mysteries, we've got uh, one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. 
But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm -hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks. But I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a savor team trip yeah. together. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, we're we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go. And I'm hungry. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Westholm. I'm a person who doesn't really cook with a lot of meat, to be honest, because when I do, I want it to be special. I'm the same, and I do love sharing that food with people. And I have to say, we received some product, some steak, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I am very eager to share it with my friends. Yeah, uh, Westholm sent us uh, a few of their products, and they included these gorgeous, gigantic tomahawk steaks that I, like, opened the box and immediately sent a picture to my best grilling friend, like, hang out soon. Yes, I did too. (laughs) Westholm offers these beautifully marbled steaks because they have 16 million acres of rangeland across the northeast corner of Australia, from Brisbane to Darwin. They use a nature-led approach with the belief that if they balance the needs of their cattle with the needs of their environment, both can thrive. Their cattle graze on native grasses like Mitchell grass, which is found only in Australia, and roam wild, foraging at will for the first two to three years of their lives. The result is Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of northern Australia and a quality that would complement whatever you're into cooking right now. Westholm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash savor. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ plus community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. 
You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with random. A big <laughs> a big category. If you thought breads was a big category, we've now enlarged our horizons even more. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we'll start with Nick. Nick wrote, The most recent sauerkraut episode inspired me to write in because I felt like Annie was channeling my inner spirit animal. Not only does she share my extreme love for peanut butter, but she also mentioned the merchant from Resident Evil 4 and did a spot-on impression. Why, thank you. My wife (laughs) recently beat the newest Resident Evil 3 remake and has since started playing Resident Evil 4, so I've heard his voice many times in the last few days. I thought the Harry Potter Sorting House comments were also correct and entertaining. Anyway, I love craft beer and recently started home brewing, and I've been on a quest for the last few years to try to find the best peanut butter beer and try every one I can find. I don't know if Annie has tried any, but there's definitely some good ones out there, though I wasn't happy with the Terrapin version down in Atlanta. To date, the best one I've had commercially has been my local breweries, West Stallion, here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. They were in the news two years ago for making a candy corn stout for October that's also pretty tasty. The peanut butter porter is deliciously peanutty with chocolate to complement it and sits at around 6% ABV for drinkability. Inspired by this, I created my own version that turned out even more peanutty. Ah, bacteria poo. <laughs> that's, that sounds amazing. Um, good for you for brewing your own beer. Yeah. Experimenting with peanut butter beer. Yeah. Have you have you tried any peanut butter beers, Annie? I have. Um I'm a terrible person and can't remember where they're from, <laughs> but I've had I've had like a couple of peanut butter and jelly ones, I think. Oh, okay. Huh. Um and I do I do like them. It's always that like when you take a first sip of something and you just have this expectation and it's very different than your expectation. Hmm, mm-hmm. But then when you're like, okay, I'm not really this isn't really a beer taste that I'm expecting. It is a peanut butter and jelly taste. Um, <laughs> it was very delicious. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I don't, uh-huh. I don't think I have any experience with, uh, with peanut beers, um, but, uh, or peanut butter beers rather, but um, uh, uh, speaking of bacteria poop, um, Chad wrote, I listened to the eggplant episode recently and suffered some subconscious physical pain during so. As a parent of young children, I appreciate you giving the warning to the listeners before delving into the eggplant emoji section, but you missed another demographic to give a warning to for the penile fracture section. (laughs) I, and I uh, can probably speak for most males, physically felt those pains during that section. I was out for a nice stroll in the beautiful spring morning weather here in Arizona, but noticed my face wincing in pain as you were describing this. Afterwards, it did make for a good laugh when I told my wife that she needed to listen to the eggplant episode. Um, I do also have to share an experience from the following day. I was listening to Monster DC Snipers, and instead of being serious and intense while listening, I actually started laughing out loud when I heard Lauren's voice as one of the voice actors because I automatically heard bacteria poo. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, you need to trademark that or something. <laughs> 
but like in a kind way where you don't charge anybody. You're just oh, like sure. associated with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I already am. <laughs> uh, that, I mean, that's true. We just need a legal uh, document. We do, we do. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll I'll call my lawyer about that one. Um, mm, very important. Uh, yeah, yeah. For 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 anyone, uh, I I I feel like possibly that the crossover audience for Saver and any of the uh, the the monster seasons might be might be a, a a small section of a of a Venn diagram crossover kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, uh, or I don't know, like 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 y'all true crime listeners are everywhere. It's always it's always a uh, really impressive to me. Um, but yeah, so I yeah I I, I guessed it on I think just one episode of of DC Snipers as like a historical lawyer like I got to listen to the the lady's real voice from uh from court recordings and try to vaguely replicate that but at a certain point I'm I'm not I'm not an actor and it was it was a very it was it was a very different day of recording (laughs) for me (laughs) as compared to joking all off around about food and random 90s movies uh, yeah, yeah. There was very little of that in those court mm, documents. So, well, yeah, yeah. Surprised, but <laughs> surprised. Apologies to all the dudes out there that oh yeah might have upset with our penile fracture discussion <laughs> and eggplant episode. Uh, noted. Yeah, <laughs> if that ever yeah. comes up again. <laughs> yep, we will let you know. Yes, yes, we will. Uh, Zara B wrote. Just started listening to the Risotto episode. I agree that Carnaroli is the best. I've heard and seen that Arborio is like avocados. Not ready, not ready, not ready. Ready too late. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and also thank you to listeners who have been writing in to me about like how to cook rice. I It's great. Oh, And I actually have cooked some <laughs> rice before since then, and I, it was a success, so... What? Oh, congratulations, Annie. Yes. Oh my gosh. I know. Making strides. Making strides. I I am so happy for you. Oh, thank you. It was delicious. I made fried eggplant and a rice and oh, it was so good. Oh my oh, gosh. That's that's great. <laughs> yes. Um uh Leslie wrote Snail stuff. My husband sent me a link to an upcoming event at our local natural science museum, and what do I see but snail love darts? Lauren, (laughs) if we get tickets, I'll make sure to find out all I can and report back. If y'all ever feel like doing a chickpea or bean episode or two-parter, I'd like to shout out my two favorite bean-based desserts— navy bean pie, and Jordan chickpeas instead of Jordan almonds. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been lucky enough to try both while researching special event meals for work. Snickerdoodle hummus is a student favorite on campus. I'm also a fan of taiyaki and anpan and a red bean ice cream, but it's been a while since I've had those. It's been amazing to listen to the podcast over the years. Yes! <laughs> I love everything about that. Love darts. Oh, Wow. And and Leslie wrote in with an update, snail darts update. It turned out to be a throw dodgeballs at a target type game, and I got absolutely crushed. I guess I'm not competitive snail. <laughs> well, don't give up, Leslie, because, you know, you got to practice at these things. Um, you do. You do. I think, I think you could be <laughs> a competitive snail one day. You know, if you want to, you know. If you want to. You yeah. don't have to. Might not be for you, but. yeah. I, I, uh, I, I also, I can't, I don't, have I ever mentioned this on the show, Annie? Maybe you remember, like, uh, after we did the episode on snails, I, um, I obtained a couple of pet snails, um, 
<laughs> I don't think you have mentioned this on the show. Yeah, um, uh, aquatic, aquatic snails. Um, I've, I, I kind of um, inherited an aquarium from uh, one of our coworkers, and um, it came with a couple snails that sadly did not make it through the transition to to a new home. But um, but since then, I have I have two thriving snails named Felix and Noodle. <laughs> and they're so weird and i love them so intensely (laughs) i love getting your updates about them seeing pictures of them it's the best uh um uh yeah and and i i realized after i got them home that that one is orange and one is gray um and the two cats that 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 are my roommates cats but they're the household cats you know um uh, mm-hmm. uh, are also orange and gray and so it's just i uh, it's cuteness abounds <laughs> <laughs> do you think they have like a connection the gray stale and the gray cat you know, I kind of think they do. I feel like their personalities are are pretty well in alignment as far as, um, you know, <laughs> a mammal and a mollusk can have personalities in alignment. <laughs> um, also, uh, I, they they recently laid a big old sack of eggs. So, oh. that's, so that's a new adventure. Um, I uh, <laughs> be a snail grandparent. Uh, yep. <laughs> Yep, I guess so. That I was unprepared for this potential eventuality, um, but uh, <laughs> because they're not hermaphroditic snails, they're um, oh, I, I'm forgetting the word, but but yeah, you, you need a you need a male and a female to do the thing, and I hmm. guess I guess one of them is each of those things. Still don't know which one. <laughs> Again, we are a food show. Um, <laughs> I love that conversation can go this way. Well, please keep the updates coming. I got to know about these babies. Uh, uh, I'm, yes. I really hope they're going to be okay and or that all of my friends who have aquariums um, want some snails because I, <laughs> they, they lay. I've never heard. Like, I've heard of please adopt my kittens. Please adopt my puppies. <laughs> this is my first time of please adopt my snails. And it's beautiful. So thank you for that. Annie, they lay egg sacs of 50 to 200 (laughs) I only have a 20-gallon tank. (laughs) 50 to 200 is quite a wide range. Uh, How many friends do you have? Oh, not 50 to 200 (laughs) who want snails. Certainly not. I will see. We'll see what their survival rate is like. I, oh my gosh, I'm in over my snail head. Oh, it's okay. Anyway, anyway, we are a food podcast. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> but I, I snail talk all the time. Snail stuff. Little aside. Snail stuff. <laughs> so moving on from snail stuff, now we have one that we wanted to end on about food banks and soup kitchens Um, Shannon wrote, it was great to hear you all talk about food banks, pantries, and soup kitchens. I work in an urban school that has a small food pantry, and it is an absolute necessity for many of our students and community members. Especially in times like these, it is especially important that those who can donate and volunteer in order to support these food banks and pantries. As you were talking about this, though, I was disappointed that you all didn't mention something that is still an incredibly popular charity event, but not super helpful to food banks and pantries. 
the canned food drive. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you came across this in your research, but although canned food drives are nice because they give food to people in need, they are not as helpful as they might seem. The food collected at events like these is typically random and food from the back of people's pantries. This can lead to expiration, storage, and nutrition issues at the food bank. Food banks typically get food for much less than its retail price, including produce and protein slash meat from grocery stores and stockpiles around the country, which is needed in order to create nutritious meal kits and food boxes. Like I said earlier, Earlier, it's not that canned food drives aren't helpful. They are. It's just that the impact from monetary donations is so much greater. As the director of our food pantry said once, a 50-cent can of beans can go to one family, but we can stretch that 50 cents to get at least three cans of beans for three families. Please just give us 50 cents. Like I said, not sure if you came across this in your research, but wanted to make sure to share in case you hadn't. Also, if you live in Indiana, the major food bank network here is called Gleaners. They're a member of Feeding America and can always use volunteers and donations, monetary preferred. Yes, yes. Excellent point. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for, for bringing that up. Uh, food banks are uh, one, of, one of the great things that they can do within communities um, and, and why it's so important to have these organizations out there working is that, yeah, they, they can really reach out to, um, to people at all levels of, of, of the food chain and organizations at all levels and work with them in order to move food that, uh, that would otherwise go to waste or um, that, you know, would, would otherwise normally enter the supply chain and just reroute it to people who are truly in need of it. Um, and so, yes, yes, uh, support, support your local food bank. Yes, um, however you can. And, and thank you so much, Shannon, for this point, because I feel like um, most of us want to do the best we can to help. And it's just good to know the ways that we can do that, because I'm certain some people, when they donate their cans, think, ah, this is the best I can do. But if you can do, spare the money instead, it's good to know mm -hmm. that that is more helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Both both are good. Yes. Monetary yes. donations are great. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to all of the listeners who wrote yes. in and who are still writing in and sharing all of your food adventures. We love it. Um, we were, like we said, we're going to have a second one of these in the future because we didn't even get through <laughs> all the messages <laughs> we had saved up. And that's when yeah. we're still reading listener mail at the end of episodes, at the end of regular episodes. So just really, we really, really appreciate it. We do. Thank you. Yes. If you would like to email us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SaverPod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening. And we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is home to a thriving culinary scene based on products and traditions from the native Taino, African, and Spanish peoples that have influenced it. When you go, there are a host of restaurants, bars, breweries, distilleries, farms, and coffee houses to dig into, from five-star experiences to local favorites. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.
Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring Bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. Happy Pride. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. I'm here to tell you about Lambda Legal. For more than 50 years, Lambda Legal has been in court protecting the civil rights of LGBTQ plus people and everyone living with HIV. And the good news is you can help. Support Lambda Legal's work by donating this Pride Month. Throughout June, all donations up to $100,000 will be matched. To donate, go to lambdalegal.org. That's L-A-M-B-D-A legal.org. Help Lambda Legal remain unstoppable.